0: Since the beginning of this podcast, almost 100 episodes ago, I have been mining my 30-year Superman fandom, starting with that tattered red cape, within the larger context of the character's rich 85-year mythology, examining, discovering, and reconsidering the creative visions that have shaped the last son of Krypton. Now, our milestone 100th episode beckons, and the journey continues. Welcome to Digging for Kryptonite, a Superman fan journey. I'm your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me to discuss his fan journey is a real-life Superman. You might know him as @wearingthecape on Instagram, but here he is, Mr. Daniel Sanchez. Welcome.
1: Outed. Welcome. Thank you.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much. For people who watch on, on YouTube, that was a little little treat there for our introduction, but thank you very much. It's it's a pleasure to finally speak with you. I know we've been communicating via Instagram, but this is the first time we've actually had a face-to-face, albeit virtually, conversation, and I'm really excited to
1: talk to you. I am too, and everyone should know we've not met. This is our first time to meet. We haven't planned anything. This is really just two guys becoming friends right? right in front of all of you. Very much so. I want to say this right at the top, and this is
0: not to blow smoke. I mean this sincerely. I, as you know, and my audience, knows, I plan out episodes far in advance. And one of the things that's sort of been on my list for a while, that master Excel sheet is an episode on Superman cosplay. And that's sort of where this started. And certainly we'll talk about your cosplay and what goes into the costumes and the look and all of that. But as I've learned more about you your charity organization, Heroic Inner Kids, the work that you do, I've really come to learn and appreciate how far beyond mere cosplay this goes. And I'm just so blown away by, by what you and your organization do and have done. And I think it's, it speaks, it's such a testament to this character what, what he's meant to so many of us fans and, and what, it, what it can inspire some of us to do. It's such a beautiful thing, and I'm really excited to talk to you about all of
1: this. Oh, well, thanks. You know, it's, it's always nice to know that, that you make an impact, whether it's recognized or not, but I'll certainly be uh, more than happy to talk about the joy that it brings and what the symbol can mean to people um, in the times of their life where they need hope.
0: Absolutely. And I'll also say, too, one of the things that I'm excited with this episode in particular is it's an opportunity for us to talk about someone's Superman fan journey, right? That's the subtitle of the show. And every time I have someone new on, we'll spend a few minutes talking about their background as a Superman fan. But it it hasn't been the main thrust of an episode since our pilot <laughs> a few years ago. So, <laughs> you know, it'll, it'll be because we always have you know so much ground to cover. We're talking about certain stories, as, as you know. So now this is mm-hmm. an opportunity to really kind of take a step back, and and a couple of people have asked for an episode like this. So hopefully this will uh, will sort of you know satisfy that need, and I, and I think it'll be a lot of fun. Now this first question is going to sound self serving, but you asked me to ask you. So uh, how how did you find the
1: podcast initially? I did ask you to ask me. Um, I looked for you intentionally. I looked for the type of show that you were intentional. I had been invited to go to the Christopher Reeve reunion in uh, Detroit, up in Novi, uh, which is just outside of Detroit, uh, last year, and it was going to be my first opportunity to meet um, most of the surviving cast members of the Christopher Reeve films. Um, and as a as a little aside, almost everyone that was there has flown with him on a rig, you know, and they're they're one of only the handful of people who can say that they that they ever did that. And I just got in a mental space where, yes, I've been in in the charity world for a while, but more as just trying to be worthy of wearing the cape, not necessarily to be standing in front of people who knew Christopher Reeve, worked with Christopher Reeve, were friends with Christopher Reeve, were very close with him throughout his entire um, journey. And to be feeling like I could fill those boots even just for three days made me want to really dig into not only what was Superman, but what, what did maybe Chris find that I could also find. And, um, I obviously have, have grown up on the comics and there's, there's any number of interviews with Chris himself, but I wanted something deeper. I wanted something more. I I wanted to possibly go to the same well he might have. And, Um, of all the places that I looked, yours was the one that I thought, that's it. That's, that's what I'm looking for. And um, I just started listening. Um, I was listening the two weeks up to that event. I was listening on the airplane. I was listening in the hotel room and it, it, it was joyous because it, it really almost enveloped me in this, this appreciation for the core of what Superman is supposed to be what he was created to be, what he still can be. And when I went to that, that first day, um, I realized I'm not, I'm not there to try to convince anyone that I'm the the next Chris, but I did want people to feel like the spirit of what Chris was trying to keep alive can still be kept alive. And, you helped make me feel like that was possible, not just for someone to do it, but for me to do it. And so that's why I asked you to ask me, because I wanted to thank you in person. The fact that your episodes were there when I needed them is almost a full circle irony of what we're about to talk about, of Superman is there when you need him. So thank you, Anthony. Well, listen, that's immensely
0: gratifying, more than I can really you know, put in words, because this you know, this was ultimately born. I don't want to say I have a selfish desire, but I mean, it's really, it was really the sense of, I want to explore this character for myself to educate myself as much as I had been following the character for my whole life. There were still all of these gaps. And I just got to this point where I was like, you know, this character has been a big part of my life for virtually my entire life, but I I could articulate why at at a certain level, but I wanted to go deeper. Right. And, and it just got to this point where I'm like, mm-hmm. if not now, when it, it just felt like this was the right time. And we were coming up on the 30th anniversary of the death of Superman, there were just a lot of things that were kind of coming, coming together. And so being able to go on this journey of exploration has been immensely personally fulfilling. And you know, the, the fact that it was able to serve the role that it did for you again, really is, it's just absolutely fantastic. So thank, thank you so much. Now, Again, there's a lot to unpack, but I, I have to start here because I was so I, I was so blown away when you shared this with me. So I'm, I'm going to hold this up, and again, for people who are watching on YouTube, you can see it, and, and I'll, I'll post a photo of it. So this is a Superman watch from Fossil from 1993. I've had this since then. My parents got it for me. I have memories of wearing it as a kid. I don't know that I ever really wore it for that long a period of time. But this is one of those things, and I'm sure you have plenty of stuff like this and the audience can identify as well, this is one of those things that every move that I've made, every time I've culled my collection or, or just personal effects, this is, you know, one of the things, one of the things that always stays, always with me. And I learned, you shared this with me uh, uh, via Instagram before we sat down, you, you designed this. I did. So I guess I'm jumping ahead because I, I, you know, I do want to, I do want to really start at the beginning and talk about your fan journey, but, but tell me about this. Cause I, and I know just from being friends with you on Facebook and, and getting a little bit of a sense that you do have a, a, a background in graphic design, but I was just, I said this to you off mic, the connection points here and how all of these things are tying together. This, this item that I've had with me almost my entire life and you designed it. This is, I'm, it's crazy.
1: It, yeah, it, it never ceases to amaze me the connection points that can happen in life either. Um, on this, this particular one, um, I can tell you that I was 22 years old when I did that. And um, I'll be 55 here in a couple of months, so it was quite some time ago for me. And the, the way that that came about is no one had heard of Fossil. It was my first job out of college as a young graphic designer who literally would take any job and i was told there's this place they make watches they work in a warehouse in a small town in texas and i said sold um so i was literally the sixth artist that fossil watches ever had um when i say we worked in a warehouse i mean the big metal doors would go up and the trucks would pull in and we'd have to hold down the paper on our drawing board so that the wind wouldn't blow them away until the, the big metal door closed and 1991, when I graduated college, was the cusp of the difference of being able to graduate college knowing computers and not knowing computers. So it was my drawing skills that got me my job at Fossil. They didn't need someone who knew computers. They needed someone who could draw. And I had an illustration background because I've been drawing since I was three years old, mostly holding up Spider-Man comics to the glass uh, sliding door window with a piece of tracing paper and just drawing uh, Ross Andrews Spider-Man until my own arms got tired. But I was hired because they asked me the question, can you draw a character from scratch? And I said, yes. Um, So fast forward, the uh, Walt Disney license had already been acquired by Fossil. So they were doing you know um all the walt disney characters um but the chance to to get dc came in and so we did the pitch and uh we worked who knows how many hours to to, to win that account and one of the things that i pitched was a watch based on action number one and so when we got the the go-ahead from dc um I told the production manager at the time, I said, okay, here's what I want to do. Fossil's known for putting things in packaging that's really unique. I want to put this in a rocket. And the the founder of Fossil looked at me and he goes, a rocket? What the hell does a rocket have to do with Superman? <laughs> so that is the reason that the, the world now has the phone booth um, for that particular watch. But I, I, I brought it out because I knew that, that we might be talking about it. So it's it's falling apart now. You can see the, the bottom sort of coming off of it. Um, but this is the original marker comp. And everyone, please go to YouTube so you can see this. But you can see that I drew um, the front and back, so exactly like it appears in the final. But if you look really close, you can tell that there's the – there's the gap where it folds, and that's, that's my original Magic Markers coloring um, from 1991 that sold the idea. So we had them manufactured, and I really insisted on authenticity. I wanted this to look like if you were a kid and you ordered this in the 1930s, this is what you would get, complete with your friend Clark Kent, the whole experience. And to me, part of that experience, and I'm holding up the strap here, is that the Superman logo would be embossed in the, in the strap. And they sent this production sample with a note saying, uh, it's too expensive, we're not going to do it. So what they ended up doing was what everyone now um, has uh, had a chance to own since 1993 which is either a black or brown strap with rivets in the holes. Um, But I, like you, Anthony, every time I move, every time I unpack something, um, that original prototype stays with me always. Um, It is one of my most treasured items and experiences, just just to know that that people love it and that they appreciate it for what this 22-year-old comic fan really wanted to make.
0: It's amazing. I... I wish I still had the case. I don't. I remember it. I, I don't remember when I parted with it, but I remember having that phone booth, but I I, I haven't had it. But the, again, the watch has stayed with me. I also, I need to, I'll ask my mom, because I don't remember, like I feel like either or both of my parents just got it and brought it home. Like I don't have a memory of going to get it, but I just have that mm-hmm. memory of, of having it. So that I would need to, I would need to double check, but you know, it's one thing when you like there's a comic story or something that, you know, means a lot and, you know, you see the credits, right? You know, who wrote and drew it and, you know, maybe you'll have an opportunity to correspond with them or meet them at a convention or something like that. But if not for this random connection, right, that we, that we made, it's like, how I would never have known this was you or, or have had this opportunity to talk to you. It's that's, again, I know I keep coming back to this word crazy, but it is.
1: <laughs> it is it is and um i've i've become uh close friends with jim bowers over at the cape wonder network and he and i talk about this all the time And and we've come to believe that there's sort of a a, a magnetism that happens when when these kids who grew up with the the desire to absorb these stories that became a desire to want to be as good of a person as the person that was in our favorite stories to be inspired by that. And then who actually did grow up into those people. There's some crazy way that those people meet. Like there's an attraction of the power that happens of people who just want to be that person in the world that eventually we meet each other. It's like the reverse Highlander there can be many and we're drawn to each other. And we, I just think that that, whatever that effect is, it is fantastic.
0: Absolutely. You know, one of the places where I, I suppose that can happen and does happen is the, is the Superman celebration in Metropolis, Illinois, which I have mm-hmm. not been to yet, but it's on the list. I, I think either this year or next year, I'm trying to trying to round up some of my fellow Superman podcasters and try to try to Plan a time to plan a, to go a year where where as many of us can, can go together as possible because I think that would be a really really special experience. You've you've been right.
1: I have not. You I've not? also been waiting uh, sort of for this uh, the special reason to go. So yeah, so let's talk about next year. Maybe twenty twenty four is our is our year to go. Um, my wife has family in in that state, so we can we can definitely make a trip of it. Yeah, that um, would be tremendous. <laughs> Um, b- because you were mentioning how you know you think that, that your parents gave you that watch, um, I thought that I would mention that my, my love of, of comic book heroes was a similar reason. My, my father traveled all the time. He was uh, a missionary, he was part of the mission field and so he would be gone three months, six months, you know, sometimes nine months at a time. And I think to make it up with me whenever he would come back, he would grab comic books from the airport thinking, I have a little boy. He'll love comic books. I'll walk in the door, and um, I'll have some gifts for him in my hand. So uh, the very first comic that I ever got was this Superboy comic, which was, I believe, the first appearance of Aquaboy. So this is a 1971, I believe, comic, back when they were 15 cents. And uh, he would just bring them to me randomly, and then they turned out to be these amazing issues. That's the first Black Widow new costume in a 15-cent Spider-Man. And as he would bring these things to me, I would I would realize that some comics were better than others, and I couldn't figure out why. I didn't know about artists, I didn't know about writers. I just thought that there was a machine that made comics somewhere, <laughs> and I didn't know that these were humans and that could be a career. Um, and so I would just I would just keep getting them. Like here's here's a Superboy, and it was one of the first crypto stories that I ever read. And talk about these these crazy ways that life's you know, uh, events can happen. Here I am wearing the cape. I have a crypto. My friends are friends who love what I love. You know, it's, it's so incredible for me to think that if I were to go back in time and talk to even my four-year-old self, I would say, just wait, it gets even cooler. But, but my journey started the same way with, with my dad bringing me uh, something that, that he thought that I would like.
0: That's that's fantastic. And that's, that's where I, I wanted to go next. So that's a, a perfect segue as far as where this started. And so I know it started with that comic. I, but I guess my question, did you have any exposure to the character of Superman prior to that Superboy comic? Or was that really the introduction to the character as well?
1: I want to say that the George Reeves TV show was happening for me at the same time in reruns um there was uh you know gather around kids here's a story that grandpas tell you in the old days there was a period of about an hour and a half after school where the television would show shows that you wanted to watch when you were a kid and then that time was over and the adults came home and they got to watch what they wanted to watch but from about three o'clock to 4 30 that was your time so you could pull out the bean bag you could get your fruit loops you could sit there, and For me, the lineup was Ultraman, Speed Racer, and The Adventures of Superman. And the house could be on fire and I would not move. To this day, I am a diehard fan of all three. Um, But I think that's what really drew me towards wanting to read the comics because you only got so many episodes of The Adventures of Superman and you you wanted more. And um, I was one of those kids who wanted to read early. And I think that was just the perfect uh way to have me read and read and read and read more and and uh that's how it started. But the 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 show at the same time. That's awesome. Well, we'll have to
0: get you on my Adventures of Superman rewatch podcast as well at some point because it'd be great to, you know, to to hear from someone who especially grew up watching it. A lot of the people I've had on uh were kind of in the in a similar boat where we came to it more recently especially when warner brothers put out the dvds and in and the mid-aughts mm-hmm. and, and all of that but it's always particularly interesting to hear from someone and i, I have someone in that category for one of my upcoming episodes who just grew up watching it and same type of thing it was just such a part of that routine and and coming home after school or in the summers in his case in particular and and, and just you know gathering around and, and watching and enjoying it and, and having that be the introduction to the character uh so that's that, that's fantastic i love that the george reeve show could could serve that purpose. Cause again, while I am newer to it, it's been such a joy going through and, and discovering that series. It's, and it's, it's become one of my favorite takes on the character.
1: Oh yeah. It was formative for me. And, you know, and I'm sure you've, you've met other uh, people who that's true. Um, but the, I can tell you that the single most Uh, indelible memory that I have of of any of those episodes was the one where he uh, cured the girl's blindness and then flew her around the world so she could see everything and as a little boy I think my heart just got so big it made me want to do that and um, I would I would have to cite that as one of the main things that stayed with me all my life in a in an infancy state of I want to do this somehow some way someday um, not knowing that one day I would get my chance, but but that episode to this day uh, warms my heart like no other, and defined for me more than the comics. That single episode defined for me what Superman was supposed to be. Around the world with Superman, right? Mm-hmm. Bu- it is such mm-hmm. a beautiful
0: episode. It's a favorite of mine as well. It's it's really up there, and yeah, to your point, you know, you get to see it, it's it's great to see our. our you know, standard, more traditional Superman stories where there's a villain of the week, but to sort of see more of this human interest angle. And in the context of that show in particular, I loved how tough George Reeves was, especially in those first two seasons, as both Clark and Superman. But there were a number of instances, and that episode is a great example, where you see when he's interacting with the child in particular, the warmth, the tenderness, right, that comes out. And it just shows you what Superman can do. Right. Mm -hmm. In a way that's different than, you know, fighting the bad guys as, as it typically is. So I'm not shocked that that, that, that episode made an impression. It's, 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 it's one of my favorites as well.
1: Yeah. And, and to me, you know, skipping ahead to Christopher Reeve. So, uh, I was 10 years old when, when that movie came out, I was nine for star Wars and 10 for Superman. So what a great time to be a kid. Um, but what I saw in Christopher Reeve was what I remembered from George Reeves, which was he didn't have to pose. He didn't have to puff up. He didn't have to brag. He didn't have to show off. Um, he he was strong because he was gentle. Um, his kindness was his heroism. And that was the around the world of Superman, Superman. And so I... You know, that's the era that I was formed in, um, formed and informed by. And, um, I don't think that will ever, that will ever be different. I, I appreciate everyone's interpretations. But, um, as far as, as what molded and forged how I see Superman and what he can do, um, it's taking the time with one child, saving one person's desire to continue in the world. That's that Superman. One at a time.
0: I would imagine, since you say that, that that iconic page from All Star Superman, where he intervenes when that young woman is on the ledge, probably mm-hmm. evoked a response, right, and probably brought you right back to exactly what you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly, you're stronger than you think you are. Yeah, it's never as bad as it seems. You're stronger than you mm-hmm. think you are. It's i it's such such a such a powerful moment. Um, so, as you know, right from listening to the show, I often couch this in terms of the tent poles of our superman fandom like for me death of superman and smallville and the triangle era so for you as far as your tent poles george reeves christopher reeve what else would you potentially include are those really the two the two biggest ones
1: um well i can't deny that that watching super friends on television as a kid isn't a tent pole um they they had a charm and i was the right age for it And the thing that I remember is that they were all friends. And, and even as an adult, looking back, whether the episodes stand up or not, that that's not the point. But the lesson was that here you had these people who put aside everything else because what they were doing was for others. It was not about them. And, um, as a kid, I took that to heart. I almost took it as just fact. You know, Superman and Batman are friends, fact. And um, I think a lot of my childhood relationships, especially because I moved around a lot, again, my dad's job, um, I just took the super friends approach of, okay, this is a new episode. There are new characters. By the end of this episode, we will be friends, fact. Um, so definitely a tentpole there. Um I would say that um, those were the main ones. Um, 1986 was was a great year for comics for Superman, though. Between the whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, um, the, the Crisis on Infinite Earth episode where he's got that J- great George Perez cover of him holding Supergirl, um, there were just these redefining moments where in that year, I was 18 years old. And that effect that can happen when the writing grows as you grow. Um, I was the right age for super friends. And then I was the right age for when 1986 happened when Alan Moore did his um, his love letters I mean even crypto got the the heroic moment. Um, that was a tentpole because I realized that Superman could grow as I grow. Um, I've heard my daughter talk about the Harry Potter books the same way that that she felt like that those characters stayed with her as she, as she, um, uh, experienced the, the more adult things in life. So, um, definitely, definitely that. And even the dark Knight returns, the way that, that Clark and Bruce interacted, um, was very thought provoking. And I was in my first year of college and I would wait for those to come in, um, and I would, I would read those and I would say, wow, like it's possible to be so focused on doing good that you have no idea how people perceive you. And, and you, you, that line about, you know, that the, the entire problem that the humans had with the superheroes was the endless envy of those who were not blessed. And I really sat and thought about that. And I realized that the, the, the humbleness and all of that is great but the naivety that superman has bruce may be right that that's a that's a vulnerability that's a weakness and so here i am at this formative year it, at 18 i'm away at college i'm in a different state from from where i've basically lived for a decade and i'm learning myself i'm learning who i want to be and i'm i'm reading this and i'm thinking about this and you know i'm not pondering kierkegaard i'm pondering the role of Superman and his perception of what is good is good that you have a good effect or is good that your intent was good, you know, and I'm, I'm starting to, uh, crack that open of, of who will I be in the future? So Tetpole. That That's amazing, man. You
0: were the right age for a bunch of really, <laughs> really mm-hmm. cool, important stuff. I, 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 I've, I've recently delved into Super Friends and it's one of those things where I'm only going to get so much mileage out of it coming at it from a modern lens and adult eyes. But even even within that, I can... Th- there was a lot that I still enjoyed about it and more than anything, and I talked about this when we covered it, I can a thousand percent see what, it, what an impact this could have on kids watching it during that period of time. And I also was so struck by... How long it ran, which I guess was something that hadn't fully dawned on me, and how 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 this this was such an iconic presentation representation of these characters for a whole generation for for so many years. So, yeah, props props to Super Friends. And as you're talking about whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, I want to ask you because as you know, I I just covered it uh, just a few episodes ago, and mm-hmm. you know I put out the episode and people seemed to enjoy it, which was great. On Twitter, in particular, a few people started talking about the story, and a few people expressed the opinion that it's that it's dark and and quite harsh given the high death count in the pages of the story. And we did talk about that in our episode. It, it is a bit of a bloodbath; a lot of characters meet their end. But I don't know. I don't. I, I've never. It was funny hearing that response, and I, I get where people are coming from. But you know, I never looked at it as an overly dark story. And I wonder if it's that, the very end and the wink, that, that hopeful finish that sort of colored my perception of the entire thing, or, or but I'm just curious, especially since it was formative for you, how, how do you
1: view that, that one in particular? I, I didn't think it was overly dark. Um, I, I completely bought into the, uh, uh, the idea that a, a fifth dimensional imp in a bowler hat was not the real story. And uh, for him to reveal himself as uh, a villain that would do anything and uh, cause anything just seemed to make sense. Um, But I think what I did appreciate were the moments of the heroism and the sacrifice that you wouldn't have gotten if not for that scenario. You wouldn't have had the moment where Lana overhears Superman tell Perry that as much as he loves Lana, he has had one and only love for all of his adult life. And that's Lois, but he can never tell Lana because he knows how much it'll hurt her, but he can also never choose. And so for her to then turn to Jimmy and say, no one loved him better than us. Like that just turns your heart 360 degrees and puts it back where it was, but you felt the rotation. And, um, I think I so appreciated that Alan Moore gave us those moments, which he could have only done in that desperate situation. And the fact that that love was not just words, it was, they would die for him. And when she said, no one loves him better than us, she, she meant it. Um, so I think, I think I took it for that, um, that message more than Oh, this is the beginning of the dark and gritty comics era. Um, that is that is not how I took it at all, and and Kurt, you know, Kurt Swan didn't draw it that way, and it didn't feel that way, so I didn't take it that way.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I agree totally. I think our impressions of it are are similarly aligned. I was, I was curious, and it was fascinating to hear you give your take on it. Acme Comics is a locally owned and operated full-service comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina for people of all ages and walks of life. Now in its 40th year, this multiple-time Eisner Award nominee features a significant contemporary and vintage back-issue selection as the Acme team uses their collective knowledge and resources to connect you with the best material. Mail order subscriptions to new releases are available and all offerings are available anywhere via mail order. Follow Acme on social media and eBay, listen to the Acme cast on all podcast services, and visit acmecomics.com for much more. Filmmakers and movie fans alike should be sure to attend these film festivals. Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On to Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In the Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. On a personal note, my short film, By Spoon, The J Mizell Story, played at these fests, so I know firsthand what fun and well-run events they are. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Follow the festivals on social media for news about events, discounts, tickets, and more. Also, listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts, available via a shared universe network. This episode made possible in part by educator, hobby comic book collector, and pop culture enthusiast, Sam Lim. Sam just moved to the South Jersey area and is looking to connect with other comics fans as well as retailers. They are also looking for comic shops to explore, so recommendations are welcome. Be sure to follow Sam on Instagram, at SZLComics. So, for all those years as you're watching Adventures of Superman... Uh and I actually along that period of time, are you reading comics regularly? Is it does it become like and are you going to comic shops, newsstands?
1: What what was sort of the progression there? Um, so yes, actually. Uh when I was 15, I had a, a total resurgence. We had just moved from upstate New York to Fort Worth, Texas. And I was doing my thing of okay, new episode, new friends. Let's go out and, and make some friends. And um, I, I did two things. I was a, a keyboard player. And so I went to a music store and I basically just played Sticks and Journey songs until I joined two bands. And then I found a local comic shop and I just started striking up conversations and um, ended up becoming friends with uh, one of the guys who worked there who later owned the chain of them. Uh, his name's Ron Killingsworth and we are friends to this day. But from age 15 through, I want to say 21, I was avid. I was involved in all the characters, all the storylines. Um, I was reading George Perez's Reboot of Wonder Woman. I was, I mean, yes, I was um, I was very deeply steeped in it. That's, that's um, fantastic.
0: That's fantastic. And so uh, Superboy was the first comic. I would imagine that... I mean I know that that first that first introduction always always you know makes a huge impression. So as you've heard me talk about I it's the Superboy chapter in Clark's story is one that I've still not fully come around on and I I'm, I'm hopeful that I will when I eventually sort of delve into that period but that that history of Clark as Superboy is that's something that that um, that you still kind of enjoy and hold up and and like as part of the character's larger journey.
1: I do, yeah. I've I've always been one who who didn't want the the Superboy part of the legacy to go away. Um, I was a little sad when Burns sort of took it away, um, but I was so glad when Smallville the show came on. Um, but I I just I really did I really did like seeing um, the Lex Luthor in Smallville, the the adventures that he used to have. Because it it gave more chances for life lessons from Ma and Pa Kent, which have always been some of my favorite parts of of those stories. Uh, A Man for All Seasons is chock full of those. Um, The new series Space Age has some wonderful Pa Kent moments that harken back to to a lot of those. Um, Glenn Ford's performance in Superman the movie. So um, just watching Superboy try to have friends and try to understand um, when he makes a mistake that um, it's not the end of the world. And so, yes, some of the stories were a little silly, but again, like Super Friends, there were some takeaways that, that still stayed with you. And I watched uh, Superboy make big mistakes that had big consequences, but it wasn't the end of the world. And so it sort of reassures you that you're okay too. It's all right if you make a mistake. It's not the end of your world either. There's we obviously see him grow up into an incredible man. Again, fact. So it had that reassuring quality to me of, of everything I'm reading here is okay because we know he grows up into this incredible man. So maybe some of my mistakes might be okay. Maybe the same thing will happen to me. That makes sense. I
0: when I when I delve into that. That period of of comics history, I will keep that in mind. Look, I I absolutely love any instance of Clark in Smallville and and you know exploring the upbringing. Clearly, right? I mean, Smallville is mm-hmm. is essentially my number one. So the idea of Clark in Smallville, totally on board with. It's just this idea of him running around, flying around in a costume that I, I just th- there's something about putting putting it on for the first time as this this, you know, threshold into adulthood that I like as, as the origin story, but you know, I will keep an open mind and and certainly everything that you're saying makes sense. And I, I will, I will take that to heart when I delve into that period.
1: Were you a fan of the Superboy TV series? Um, so that was a bit of a, a gap in my fandom. Um, I would watch it from time to time, but I didn't follow it. Gotcha.
0: Gotcha. Uh, I I think you know it's funny. That's one of those things. Even even among the hardcore Superman fans, I think that's still a gap uh, for, for a lot of people to some degree or another. My, myself as well. I've only I've only kind of dabbled in it. And then Smallville. I know you mentioned, and you're wearing a Blur T-shirt. Uh, that's did you watch that all the way through? All the way through every episode, all ten years. Awesome, awesome. Well, you know, and as you were talking about the comics growing up with you, and and, you know, being with you at, at various points in your journey in different ways, I identify with that 100%. And I've, I've, I know I've said this, but I look at Smallville and that hit when I was a freshman in high school and Clark was a freshman in high school. And I was mm-hmm. with that character for those 10 years. And then all of a sudden, you know, flash forward a bunch of years and we get Superman and Lois. Right. So the story of Clark as a father very shortly after I've become a dad myself. And it's, it's that same type of thing where it's just the, the Superman story that I needed at just the right time. And, and Mm -hmm. it's just weird how the, the character and the mythology
1: provide, provide what you
0: need at just the right moment. That's beautiful.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, um, I smile only because I don't imagine that ever stopping. I, I, I could see, 20 years from now, there's another two gentlemen talking about, oh, do you remember the stories that came out in 2025? Do you remember the movies that came out? How formative they were. We were just the right age for those. I would love to see this spirit continue for everyone. And I and I have no doubt that, that that's not how it will be. Yeah, I know. I, I absolutely agree with that. So at what
0: point does cosplay enter the picture for you? At what point... Do you have this idea that I'm going to to dress up as the character, and what was the initial context or setting for this? Because I know conventions so, are you' often you know the most the
1: most common vehicle for something like this absolutely so uh, the the answer to how I got in cosplay is is slightly different, although it intersects with with how I entered the charity world. but I can thank Speed Racer for how I got into cosplay because um and i looked this up one day because i thought when was the day where where it all happened um i'm pretty sure it was february 17th 2017 here in dallas there was going to be a comic convention but it was uh advertised that the mach 5 would be there and the Batmobile, and the Ecto One, and the the Jurassic Park vehicle, and and a lot of other really cool things. But the Mach Five, the real drivable, actual Mach Five that I could go sit in and have my picture taken. And um, I told my wife, I said, "Look, I have to go to. I have to sit in the Mach Five. I just have to." Um, and I said, "Here's here's the thing, though." It's one of those conventions where people dress up and they do the whole costume thing. And she sort of gave me this look and I said, I know, I know, but you know, Halloween wasn't that long ago. Let's just pull out the same two things we wore. Um, so we went to, to uh, the convention center as Laura Croft and Tony Stark, absolutely no reason other than that they were our Halloween costumes. And I get there, and the car's not there. Uh, the, the group that had them didn't show up. And so there was another group there that was taking a big photo. And um, I'll get back to that story later. So I ended up just walking around with, with my wife. And who should I run into but my childhood friend, Ron Killingsworth, who used to work at that comic book shop in Fort Worth, who now I found out inherited it from the owner and expanded and now has you know uh, a whole chain of them and i spent the whole afternoon talking with him and so many people came by and said tony oh you're a great tony what a fantastic tony you are um i got bit by the i got bit by the bug and my love of making things um obviously the daily planet newspaper that we started off the the show with as a gag but just um that creative part of me thought what a new outlet this could be to try to be convincing with everything that i do so i ended up making a head-to-toe winter soldier with um my own version of the arm uh that i figured out for myself that ended up going uh uh pretty viral on the Replica Proc Forum, which is, you know, the the best of the best, these Hollywood guys that make things. Um, and I did uh, a Bruce Banner. Um, I have a face that looks a little like Mark Ruffalo, so that was was not too bad. You just, you know, part your hair on the other side and no one notices. That's how it works, right? Um, but I just uh, met the best people and, and really had the best time um, putting these things together and taking them out for a spin. Um, and then ultimately that, that led into, uh, you, you can't help but meet other wonderful people. And then you find out what they do and they do it in the charity world. Um, that's a whole other story, but, uh, it was all, it was all about speed racer. He, he, he kept, he kept hooking me in. It's, it's amazing to hear that.
0: So, someone who's been on the show a bunch of times a good buddy of mine Justin DeVoe he does an incredible Lobo cosplay and mm-hmm. we've spoken about it a lot and he has undergone this incredible fitness journey and transformation and you know, to this day he's you know he gears up for one New York Comic Con and then you know the training continues and he and he amps it up for the next one and it's it's been such a such a positive outlet for him. And it's been a, a beautiful thing to see. And I've actually not been at a convention with him, but I see all the photos and everything of the people who, who you know, want to take the pictures and come up. So I have a little bit of a sense. And then personally, this is just barely dipping my toe in the water. But my wife and I, on our one year anniversary, we went to New York Comic Con and we dressed up as Matt Murdock and Elektra from the Netflix show. So we're, especially on the Matt Murdoch side, we're not, t- I just wore a suit and the, the red glasses. I mean, so it was nothing crazy, but, and that's the thing, I don't want to say we put no effort. We definitely put thought and, you know, wanted it to be, you know, relatively accurate, but at no point did I think, oh, people are going to come up to us, like truly. And people did. I mean, it's not like we were swarmed, mm-hmm. but there were like like, a, like people who came and wanted to take pictures or said, oh, hey, Matt, hey, Le-. and so, so I, I say all of that to say I know exactly what you're talking about, where you, you just you get a response like that. And it's a completely different way to experience a show. And it's it, I'm not surprised that it, it lit that fire. And especially given your art background. Now, kind of on that note, I know you had mentioned, you know, holding up the comics and, and, and drawing from that. How, how big of an influence were comics in fueling your your passion for art?
1: Almost total. Um, I I was not kidding about that's how I learned anatomy was by drawing Spider-Man. Um, my, uh, my mother is Guatemalan. And so when I was young, she would make extra money translating. So she had all these sheets of paper, just these white, you know, uh, letter size typing paper sheets. And, um, she knew that a way that I would let her do her work and not bother her as a young boy was to give me you know, x number of those sheets of paper, a small stack and a couple of pencils and let me just go draw. So, um I spent hours and hours and hours wanting to be the best kid in the neighborhood to draw comics. I wanted to draw my own comics, I wanted to grow up to write comics. Um and it it didn't take long before that was just uh, a life goal and I did end up going to art school and um but yeah, it was I I can't say I went to a museum and had an experience or one of my relatives is an amazing artist. It was 100% comic books.
0: That's amazing. Who who are some of your favorite comic artists, either classic or current?
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, Well, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez um, was the first time I realized that's why some supermen look better. Um, later I realized that my favorite Spider-Man a- artist, Ross Andrew was also one of my favorite Superman artists. Um, that famous picture that I'm sure everyone has seen of Superman, uh, and Spider-Man back to back. He drew that, um, Neil Adams, of course. Um, I, I grew up reading a lot of the world's finest, again, Superman and Batman are friends fact. And Neil did some amazing covers for those. Um, one of the formative, uh, Neil Adams covers that I kept with me into my cosplay days was his Heroes for Hope cover, where uh Superman and Batman are in Africa and they're trying to help the starving children and Superman is on his knees. And the way that the red cape drapes on Superman's shoulders in such that Neil Adams way that we're so used to seeing in Batman, but I'd never seen it quite that way on a Superman costume. It was neither on the shoulder or behind him, it was sort of forward and perfect. Um, and I thought, okay, one day, if I ever make a costume, I want it to look like the Neil Adams costume. Um, I also love the heck out of what Bill Sienkiewicz can do with Superman. Um, but if I had to pick one modern artist that just makes my heart glow, it would be Tim Sale, Tim Sale all day long. Um, the gentleness that he puts in, it's, it's the strength and gentleness that, to me, is the totality of Superman, from George Reeves to Christopher Reeve to, I mean, Tim, Tim Sale, Morning to Night, absolutely my favorite.
0: He's he's uh, one
1: of my favorites as well.
0: I mean, For All Seasons is one of those stories, you know, you talk about the watch and something that you always hold on to. For All Seasons is one of those stories, I, I can't imagine ever reading comics and not coming back to that every year or every couple of years. And I know they just solicited DC solicited a, an absolute edition of it. Yeah, I did. And yeah. I, historically I've not, I've not really been a big absolute guy more for space than anything else. And, and Ben Price as well. But this is something I might make an exception because just to see that, that gorgeous art and those colors on, on, uh, you know, and that size of paper, I think would be, would be pretty amazing. So yeah, it's a, uh, you know, and it's so sad to have lost him. You know, so recently, so so soon. Uh, as far as other current artists, I wanted to ask you, and I know we're jumping ahead in in your cosplay journey here, but Wilfredo Torres, right, who mm-hmm. drew the Superman seventy eight miniseries, and I mean, it was so incredible, and I I am sure you identify right as, as such a fan of the Christopher Reeve movies to see that world brought to life on on, on the comic page so
1: so it was just gorgeous but he drew you in in your superman costume he did yeah and and let me tell you he did not tell me he did it so so i had met him and and we had we had become uh you know friendly acquaintances um at the at the superman reunion and um had some great talks and uh you know became very chatty on instagram you know afterwards Um, but I just woke up one day and, and scrolled through and all of a sudden right there on, on his page is, um, a drawing of, of me and in my costume from Wilfredo Torres. Spinning a basketball, um, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Spinning a basketball, um, from, from one of the charity events that we did at a, um, at an arena here, um, for the Dallas Mavericks, uh, farm team, basketball team, um, and I, I don't know that there are some honors and compliments that you can get in the world, but to have, to have that happen, um, that five-year-old child in me said, oh my gosh, you were right. It does get even cooler. Um, it's, it's, and believe me, I wrote him a very long <laughs> gushing <laughs> expression of how, of how that made me feel, um. But uh, yeah, absolutely. And, and um, Christopher Meadows as well, who, who did a portrait of Christopher Reeve, who I think if I turn this um, the right way, you can see there in the, in the background one second. Um, that painting is called Saving Grace. Um, he's only drawn three supermen in his life. He's drawn Christopher Reeve. He's drawn the gentleman that posed for that painting, and he's drawn me. Um so yeah it's it's pretty almost undeservingly wonderful but uh
0: but it feels great no it's it's well deserved that's i i can imagine what a thrill it would be and especially that it came as a surprise i I mean I remember so a buddy of mine is a cartoonist his name is Greg Schigol and and he uh, does a a line of graphic novels for kids called for for all ages uh called picks. and i remember in one of the volumes he uh, he had a bunch of podcast titles of shows that he listened to, and he just kind of like hid them in the background. And one of my shows is one of the ones listed there. And it was, you know, just like a cool little thrill of like, oh, like something I did has been memorialized in the medium that I love. It's like, it's, it, it's fantastic. So I, 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 and that was just like a, a you know, a, a, to, to see yourself drawn by an artist whose work you admire doing what you love. I mean, that's what, you know, what, what could be better? That's fantastic. So Going back to this cosplay journey, we talked about this moment in 2017 where you get bit by the cosplay bug. So, and then you're developing these these cosplays. How long does it take before you're like, okay, it's going to be suit. we got to do
1: Superman? So, <clears throat> that again was a twist because <laughs> had it not been for Bizarro, I would never have been Superman. So, the way that went down. Is I had I had become very involved in the Heroic Inner Kids charity at that time, uh, just as a member. So um, I hadn't met them uh, much prior, and um, I just raised my hand as a volunteer of, you know, I'd like to, to help however I can. And uh, they had a Superman, and their idea was, it was the summer, and they wanted to start getting toy donations for Christmas. And so the president, the then president, had this idea of we'll do a bizarro Christmas because it's backwards. And so we'll get somebody, the Superman that they had, to dress as bizarro and basically explain to everyone his perception of Christmas, which is you give him toys <laughs> and that's how we'll collect Toys. and obviously there'll be a sign behind him that will explain what we're actually doing but wouldn't it be fun and funny if someone was out there interacting with the crowd and, and, and doing that um and about two days before that was supposed to happen i got a message from the president that said that the superman they had couldn't do it um and would i mind stepping in and i, I thought okay uh well I, I didn't have a bizarre shirt, so I actually just wore a regular Superman jogging shirt that I had that was tight fitting enough. Um and I had the pants too, because of course I'm gonna run around the neighborhood just like Superman if I can. So I already owned that. I I went to the Halloween store, got a twenty dollar cape, and uh literally used safety pins to put it on. Um I found a woman's yellow belt, cut off the buckle use some of the extra leather to cut out an oval then cut out a smaller oval, super glued it onto the front, put Velcro in the back, uh, no loops, just, <laughs> just, um, and I, I believe uh, someone else had some of those uh, $50 Superman boots from China that were maybe one size too small for me, but in two days, this is, this is what we can do. But I did make the, uh bizarro am number one stone sign with the chain myself and to this day i still have it um i'm very proud of it and uh i just went out and and i did that and the reception that i got as bizarro was really incredible because no one knew i was bizarro not one person said oh it's bizarro everyone just thought oh you're superman you're just talking funny and everyone donated like crazy and so the president said hey if we ever can't get the our regular superman again um forget the bizarre idea would you just be be a uh uh um, we call it in the in the theater um the understudy and i said "That's not something i ever thought that i would do um but sure why not um and uh the very next thing that we did was a uh, event called Adoption Day where children who have been waiting for a long time to be adopted go to the uh, courthouse because it's finalized. The papers are ready. It's, it's going to happen. And the families are there. But the, But the specialness of that day is ink goes to paper and you are officially adopted. You officially have a name that is officially your family and you go home with them. And I thought, adoption day, Superman. I'm, I'm doing that one. And there was another one that I thought, oh, I'm doing that one. And another one and another one and another one. And there was a point where I noticed I had really not done anything else for quite some time and had I'd, and I'd never noticed because I was just so um, filled with the um, with the joy and and the the purpose and um, I, I guess all of those paths of my young life came together. All those things that I saw George Reeves do, um, and I realized this is me doing it, um, and so. I never looked back. I never, uh, did anything other than basically double down. And I thought, okay, this is, this is something that only a handful of people could have the chance to do. And I'm going to do it in, in the way that I hope lives up to, to the, um, the visage of Superman when he walks into a room and a child is about to talk to him and they're about to have a conversation I want everything about that conversation and everything about meeting Superman to be exactly what that child hoped that it would be. So um, I've honestly, for the last five years, done nothing but just try to be that, and to the point of looking for podcasts to teach me how can I how can I be that even even better. Uh, you know, it's it's heartwarming
0: to hear that story, and, and and especially knowing the the backstory and that episode of of the George Reeves show, and, and what an inspiration that was, and to have a full circle moment, right, of being inspired by that and then being able to to do that for other people. I, you know, I have I have technical questions, right, about the costume, and I want to get to that, but you know, it sounds like you put a lot into how you carry yourself, right, and sort of the the performance aspect of this what 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 goes into that and is it the sort of thing where you know do you make a conscious effort to i don't know like not not be on your cell phone or something or like be out of character while you're while you're there in that
1: context um absolutely for the charity visits i totally do because i want it to be as convincing as possible um it, at the conventions it's much more difficult because the requests for selfies sort of take you out of that yes. and, and such um but i I'm supported by the families when we do the charity visits because they want the same thing. They want that child to have the complete experience and escape from whatever it is that their, their challenge is at that, at that time of life. Um, so even some of the older siblings will, they'll, they'll all play along. It's, and it's all a, a big gift in that way. So, um, I I spent a few years um, in in my thirties as an actor, and I definitely bring as much of those lessons as I can into who I am when I take that first step into the room. So, um, the backstory is no problem. I know the backstory <laughs> of Superman, but uh, there are there are some little mental tricks that I do, yes, um, so that the persona is right. Um, you might, you might find these interesting. So as far as the, the posture, um, I've learned that it's not that Superman should puff up his chest or tighten his abs or square his shoulders. Um, what I tell myself is as Superman, there's always this little part of me that wants to fly that wants to start just lifting up that little bit, that that's my natural state is to be in the air. And so I think I'm a man who wants to be in the air, but for right now is keeping his feet on the ground. And I found that that gives me a naturally taller posture, but still in that gentle, kind way, because my decision to stay on the ground is for the child. So there are tricks like that 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 i've come up with over the years um another one is uh in that same way of superman shouldn't be showing off and and trying to look strong so you never just walk into a room showing your biceps um but what i realized is and and very much like from the tim sale depiction and even the frank quietly depiction in all-star superman of what superman actually is is very careful He's careful with everything and everyone. And he's careful with things and he's careful with feelings because he knows he can break them. And he knows that he can unintentionally make someone jealous or um or feel inferior. And so that's another thing that I incorporate as a, as I'm in the room of I'm not here to be super over you. I'm I'm being very careful that you were taken care of and that you know that I like you and that you know that I'm your friend. And what I've noticed in the photographs that the families will send me later is it comes across as strength. It comes across as that, that um, the type of strength that Christopher Reeve had um, when he's sitting and talking to Lois or when he's just, standing on a map telling Luther he doesn't need a geography lesson you never doubt who and what he is but it's um it's not posing for a photo so to to paraphrase you know I'm in that room for a reason and it's not to pose for photographs I I love that and fascinating that you have that acting background as well What, what what sort of acting work did you do for those years Um, so, uh, you know, don't get excited. It was mostly extra work, but, um, I did start to get some roles in, in some, uh, local Dallas independent films. And, um, I did uh, a decent amount of commercial work and some, some print advertising. Um, again, it was a complete accident. I fell into it because I was an art director for a magazine. And one day the model didn't show up. And so someone needed to step in and we kept having some of those. And then, you know, um, it sort of grew from there, but, um, there's, there were some very valuable lessons that I was taught because I, I did start to take it seriously and take classes and, and many of the things that I learned in those classes, that still apply. Thank
0: you to all members of my Patreon community for supporting this podcast. If you like what you hear and are not a member yet, please consider signing up today at patreon.com slash Anthony Desiato. We offer a variety of monthly reward tiers and discounted annual memberships are available too. Beginning at the $1 level, you can listen to Digging for Justice, my exclusive DC Movie Rewatch podcast. Click the link in the show notes for more. If you're looking for other ways to support the show, leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcast goes a long way and only takes a second. You're also welcome to join the conversation on social media via the links in the show notes. Last but not least, we are an affiliate of BCW Supplies, so the next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more be sure to use promo code FSP to save 10% on your order. That's FSP for Flat Squirrel Productions. It helps support the show too. Thank you. Fat Moose Comics is New Jersey's best and oldest comic book store. Established in 1982 and under new ownership since 2020, Moose sells a wide selection of new and old comics from every publisher, action figures, graphic novels, posters, statues, and more. If you're looking for something and they don't have it, they can probably get it for you. They know a guy. Visit Fat Moose in Whippany, New Jersey the next time you're in the Garden State, and be sure to reach out via the Fat Moose Comics Facebook page. Oh yeah, Comics celebrates and promotes everything that is wonderful about comics, toys, artwork, and the joy they bring to people. Visit them in person at one of their three locations, Harrison, New York, which happens to be my local comic shop, Skokie, Illinois, or Muncie, Indiana. If you have children and have been looking for a family-friendly store, look no further. Join Aw Yeah! for exciting events, including creator signings, how-tos, and more. Visit awyeahcomics.com and follow Aw Yeah! on social media for more. Their name says exactly how they feel about it. Say it with me. Aw yeah! The, the acting experience, the art background, the love of Superman, to see all of that coalesce in what you've been doing it it's fantastic i mean it's just like what you know what a natural fit and that's fantastic that you know you've you've been able to create those experiences uh for 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 kids and for others who have interacted with you uh it's 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 really it's a wonderful thing and on the i guess more the the technical side of it how has the costume evolved because i've seen your photos and it seems primarily the Christopher Reeve costume. I saw recently a kingdom come version. How, how has the costume, how many variations are there? How many
1: do you, do you aim for if, if any? Um, so there are some that I do just for me, just for fun, like this Smallville shirt. Um, but the, uh, the Christopher Reeve one obviously is, is the one that I wanted to get, um, screen perfect. Um, not, not Again, not for the photos, but because you can't help but feel authentic when you wear something that is so much like it came from the same film set as Superman the movie. Um, so I started out um, briefly. I even considered doing a cable version. So there's, I think, maybe three or four pictures of me in, in that. But... Um, to be honest, that's not my body type. And so um, although I love the way Henry looked in Man of Steel and I'm a big Henry Cavill fan, um, I decided that um, over time, as I could afford to, I would upgrade the Christopher Reeve suit. And um, went through various stages and um, have, have realized that there's different people in different parts of the planet that are best at the different aspects of the suit. And I could, I could tell you all their names. I know who makes the best boots and who makes the best belt and who makes the best cape. Um, and, uh, I've, I've just about finished putting together the, the absolute edition of my Christopher Reeve suit. Um, but here's, here's an interesting thing is, um, I go to so many of these events and it never dawned on me how many times I'm down on one knee talking to a child or, um, where I'm you know leaning down talking to someone, but we're on grass, and so I've gone through a couple of boots um, i've I've unknowingly messed up a cape because I didn't realize how it was dragging and what it was in and and so on. So at this point, um I'm completely mentally justifying to myself why I need to have three just amazing suits. Um, uh, and I tell my wife, like, look, it's not about me I, I, but but i need I need three of them. Um, But the kingdom come suit uh, was to to honor someone else. Um, And this goes back to how I got in the charity world in the first place. It was due to one person. And uh, he did two things. He did the Adam West Batman and he did the George Reeves Superman. So we were instantly friends. Um, And then later he made a kingdom come costume for himself. Well, he's, uh, an older gentleman and he's older than I am and so one day he decided to retire the kingdom come suits and surprised me by giving it to me but he said I'm keeping the cape because I'm also doing Odin and I said I totally understand and you're gonna rock Odin um, so I had fun putting together the rest of it but fully 100% with the intention of going to those same events that John used to go to as his kingdom come Superman so that the kids could still have one. Um, and I will still wear it. I will still do that one. Um, it's nice to know that jor not the only character that's in my future. As I age, I could also do the kingdom come Superman. Uh, I'm getting a little gray here on the sides, but I'm ready.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Were you, did you follow the, the Arrowverse shows and the
1: crisis event in particular by any chance? Uh, yeah. When, when the first season of Arrow came on, I was hooked. I thought they that was a fantastic treatment. Um, I did watch the crisis episodes and um, laughed with uh, Lois's response to each increasingly more handsome Superman that she met. I thought that was hilarious. Um, but we were also glad to see Brandon and we were, you know geeking out over all the details uh the newspaper on the wall behind him of the attack on the daily planet that was straight out of kingdom come uh the costume itself of course um just his more mature portrayal um like i i couldn't have loved it more to to see brendan back and kevin conroy as the dark knight bruce both yeah Absolutely. And I, and I ask because I was curious, as
0: someone who's such a fan of the Christopher Reeve incarnation of the character, of course, Brandon Routh in Superman Returns was ostensibly playing that version of the character. And then mm-hmm. that version in Crisis becomes Kingdom Come Superman. Do you Do you sort of like that progression for that version
1: of the character that was so formative for you? I like it. Yeah. I like it. Es- especially when I think that if this is the same Superman, He's already lost Lois once and and went back in time. By the way, he didn't turn the world back. He went back in time himself to save her once. And the thought that he's now lost her twice, I could see how that would have broken him in the same way that it broke the kingdom come Superman. So I am totally on board that it's a singular timeline with a singular character. Right on, right on.
0: Uh, oh, and as far as these people who you are finding to, to, you know, where you're sourcing these pieces of the costume, where are you finding them? Is it through, I mean, again, through meeting at convention, through the forums
1: or at mixture? Uh, some of them are on Facebook that, um, I just joined a few of the groups, especially the, the costuming groups. And, um, you quickly find out who the really superior talented costume makers are, um, Before I uh, have my my current suit, um, and it's almost indistinguishable by the way, Uh, my original Superman suit was made by a guy named Scott Bales, who is tremendous, who had made a Superboy suit for someone and that purchase didn't go through. So he posted it on Facebook and said, does anybody want this? It fits a guy about five ten to six foot, weighing roughly 170 to 180 pounds. And I went, I couldn't hit the button fast enough. Um, because I'd been making my own piecemeal up until then. And um, there was nothing like putting on one that that Scott made. Um, And then later uh, when I saved up some, I I got another one from Action Costumes. But I I still go back to Scott for a lot of things. Nice, nice. And in in fact, I'll I'll, I'll tell you that uh, I went back to Scott with a special request because when I do the Clark Kent, Visits and I do the shirt rip and and I let the kids see the secret of. It. I know I'm Clark Kent, but look, let me show you something. Um, I was wearing the whole head to toe tunic and leggings underneath. It's hot underneath an entire you know reporter's suit. So I wrote Scott and I said, Hey, can you do me a favor? Can you make a t-shirt, but inlay stitch the Christopher Reeve emblem so that I can wear it underneath my Clark suit and, and so on. Um, and and he said, oh, that's that's a great idea. I should have thought of that to begin with. Um, so yeah, I, I depend on these guys. Um, the, the woman who made my Kingdom Come cape is the one who made my very first cape ever back when I was graduating from being Bizarro. So it was even very nostalgic for me to, to go back to her here again in Dallas and say, would you do something for me? Nice.
0: Is Are there any other variations that you're working on or that you have aspirations for? I think I saw a photo of you in a fleischer. Was that just a shirt? Or is that building towards a costume? I can't
1: remember. I would like to do a fleischer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, as as this has progressed i've i've been contacted and become friends with a lot of really good photographers and some of their um ideas of what they could do um are are pretty great and um the fleischer cartoons were something that i discovered later but fit right in with my ideal of of who i thought superman was and so the idea of of specifically doing photo shoots to duplicate some of those outstanding moments from Fleischer cartoons, um, is worth me building the entire suit to do. Um, I realize I maybe only have another 10 years of, of doing this and, and still looking the part. So I'm, I'm wanting to, to do it all. Are
0: there other, Because obviously Superman has had many different <laughs> variations to his look over the years, Uh, very shortly, I'm going to be delving back into, uh, the later part of the triangle era when he had his electric costume. I'm just curious for cosplay purposes or otherwise, even just generally speaking, are there any other looks that he's had in comics or or other adaptations that you are particularly fond of? Um,
1: this is a, a sideways way to answer your question, but there's some Clark Kent looks that I'm really fond of. Okay, that, um, that I might like to do. Um, something I've not yet done but I definitely want to do is go to a convention, spend the first half of the day as Clark and come back the second half of the day as Superman and and try to meet all the same people. Um, <laughs> but uh, I would love to do the, the Fleischer blue Clark suit and then have the, the Fleischer Superman suit and then come back and have the Christopher Reeve Kent and then the Christopher Reeve Superman, um, there are, uh, there are variations of the super suit, but I think I'm just so in love with the Reeve one.
0: Look, it's a, it's a classic. You, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, absolutely. Have you been told, even before you started doing this, have, you, have people ever told you, you look like Superman? Is that something you'd gotten in, in your life before you embarked on this? No,
1: <laughs> no, never. No. Um, Mark Ruffalo, maybe on a good day, but uh, not until I think I really started trying. Um, and then, like, now my hair just does this. I can't get it to not <laughs> to not do this. <laughs> um, and now I will get that. But, you know, uh, m- much like your friend who does Lobo, I mean, I did decide I'm going to start working out, I'm going to start, you know, doing some things. And I, and I think maybe I carry myself differently now than I did before. So I'll get some comments sometimes at a gas station or at a random place and somebody will say, did anyone ever tell you? And I'll always smile because it's still recent for me and it's still, it's still a, a wonderfully kind compliment. I mean, talk about someone to, to be compared to if someone says, you know, you look like Superman. Um, so um, only only within the past few years, but I'll take it. Yeah, I will.
0: And, I, you know, I don't say this, uh, you know, in, a, in a, to pat myself on the back. But I, I, I've i gotten uh, – people have said uh, uh, Tom Welling. I've gotten that a few times. And mm-hmm. es- especially recently, I think <laughs> – I don't know if this is as much of a compliment. It's more in the context of, like, c- the current older Tom Welling, like, who's doing the Talkville podcast and is graying <laughs> a little bit. It's like, all right. But I'll still take it. I'll still, still take it. But, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like to be likened to, you know, to your favorite character or, you know, a certain – you know, representation of your favorite character, certain portrayal. It's uh, you know, it's it's a nice feather in your cap. So that's that's fantastic. I was going to ask about the fitness piece of it. So what you know, like what what sort of of of, you know, workout regimen are you are you in now as you're as you're gearing up for the next
1: outing? So so my next outing is at the end of March and and I'll again be meeting some of the the original actors from the the Reeve films Um I I Signed up for the, the classes at the 24-hour fitness here because I've realized that uh, the group participation is what helps me not quit early. And, you know, know thyself. I, I will have a habit of, of being here at the house and, and getting to a certain point of being tired and saying, eh, I'm going to call it. But um, I'll do uh, what they call a body pump, which uses some, some 5 to 10-pound weights in various ways. Um, but it's also pretty aerobic and it'll get you, it'll get you tired. Um, but those alternate with, uh, a body combat class, which is basically boxing while you're, um, not ever staying still. And, uh, I love it because in my mind, I'm like, okay, what I'm really doing right now is training to be daredevil. (laughs) And, (laughs) I switch over, I switch characters and everything that happens in that body combat, I'm thinking this is the hallway fight scene from the first season of of daredevil. And I absolutely love it. Um, but I've noticed that that's done a lot to work out the kinks of, of being older. And, um, in my job, I sit at my desk all day. I just sit in a chair. Um, so it's nice to get out of the house and go do those classes and, um, I've noticed that when I first started, I stayed in the very back row so I could quit early, and <laughs> no one would notice that I gave up. But as I get more confidence, I'll move up in class. So um, the day I get to the front row, I think I'll have really achieved something.
0: <laughs> no, right on. No, I listen. I admire the the commitment, the dedication. I know what goes into that, and, and I'm sure having that goal, right, is is a fantastic motivator. And now, correct me if I'm wrong. Your wife has gotten in on this too recently, right? was a miss was she,
1: she yeah, yeah. Miss Tess right she was Miss Tess mocker and she also does the Linda Carter Wonder Woman with me how much now was this something that she was
0: like, hey I want to do this with you did you have to rope her into it how much how much back and forth what was this something she was like
1: really keen to do I will say I only half had to rope her into it and um her heart was there with the wanting to do for children what she saw me doing Um, but, uh, I think the, the Linda Carter costume is quite a thing to ask someone to wear. (laughs) And so that took some roping, but she's gotten some tremendous, uh, response from that. And so, um, it's, it's less roping every time. It depends.
0: No, that's great. I love, I love that. That's something that you, you can share together. And as far as responses, especially when you are meeting these kids as, as Superman, I mean, what are the most common responses or questions or or reactions that you get? Oh
1: my. Oh, see, now you've hit the fun part. You've (laughs) absolutely hit the fun part because there is nothing like what comes out of a child's mouth when they made Superman. I have had everything from one sibling ratting out their other sibling for all the bad things that they've done. And they will look me right in the eye and say, okay, take him to jail now <laughs> and expect that that's how justice works. I've told you what he did. I, I told you what he did to me. Now you, you take him to jail and they'll stand there waiting for me to, for me to do it. Um, I have seen, um, A child, an older sibling had his younger one in in a headlock and we were at the the Dallas Mavericks Arena and I was walking uh, up one of the hallways and I saw this from behind. So the, the back of the older brother's head and I just came up and I tapped him on the shoulder and I just said in my deep Superman voice, be nice to your brother. And this kid doesn't know anything. He just knows someone has tapped him on the shoulder. So he starts to turn around with this look of who thinks they can tell me. And he got about this far and saw the red and the yellow and the blue <laughs> and the hair. And his face went from, I'm going to be. And then just goes. And he just nods silently, doesn't say a word and just releases his brother and puts his hands up in the air. <laughs> and. I looked up into the eyes of his parents, and they mouthed, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have no idea. And I just walked away, because at that point, you have to do the cool guy walk away. You can't just stand there. And so by the time he fully comprehended what had just happened, there was nothing but Cape just leaving. Um, I would love to know what he thought of that moment later on um, as, as he grew up. Um, there are kids who want to test my strength. And so um, I either have a good answer for why I can't do something. Um, so for example, a child would say, you know, fly for me. And my answer is, if there are other heroes around, if we're at a group event, I'll say, well, there are heroes here who can't, and it makes them feel bad if I do because they can't. And I don't like to make anybody feel bad. That's one answer. If I'm If I'm alone, it's, well, you know, Lex is always trying to find me. And if I fly, he'll find me. And I don't want anything to happen while I'm here. I want it to just be nice. So let's not do that. Um, But typically my way out of of feats of strength is I've become pretty good at arm wrestling. And even a teenager up to about 13 years old, I can still take him, (laughs) but in a way where they won't be able to move my arm at all. And so I'll, I'll challenge them. I also think there's a bit of psychology that goes in that in the same way, you know, Batman's costume just makes you fearful and therefore you, you are weaker. I think just the fact that Superman is putting his arm up like this and says, see if you can move my arm and doesn't blink and doesn't change his voice. Um, they are not surprised at all when they can't. And then the, the testing of me, uh, stops. Um, we had a wonderful, <laughs> story of my wife and i uh, she was wonder woman we, we went to this uh this girl's house and it was the second time that we had been there and some of her little friends were out in the street and she told everybody that's the real wonder woman because they had been visited by someone else before dressed as wonder woman and she tried to explain to her friends that's not the real one i know the real one and so she wanted everyone to be there when the real one showed up. So the uh, the absorption of of wanting to believe is is really charming. The the interactions that you have, um, and uh, the, my favorite one ever has to be recently. Um, I was at a, a convention center here in Dallas, and a little girl was probably about eight years old. And she was dressed as Princess Leia. And she came up to me and she put her hand on my my blue shoulder. She looked up and said, I'm sorry, your planet blew up too. That's, uh, yeah, I mean...
0: You know, stuff like that. You know, it it warms the heart, and I, I love hearing about how you had navigate all of that and handle some of those requests. And this the psychological aspect is fascinating, and I I could imagine how a kid buying into the the, the imagery, right, and what you're what you're putting forth, right? Yeah, maybe maybe they're not as strong as they typically are, right? Like they're like that little mm-hmm. bit of effect that's going on. And I'm curious, as a Superman fan, right? Like at some point, we we all think and and talk about. How believable or not it is that the Clark Kent disguise works, but do you do you come away from this experience feeling more like, yeah, I, I could understand how people wouldn't make the connection because when you see Superman, right, you just so buy into that image, that person, the idea of it being someone else. It's like it's not even in the equation. Is that is that something that you've you've pondered?
1: Yes, uh, in fact, I've 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 fully. I fully subscribe to the theory that is not my theory. It's it's been out out there um, that people think you're Superman. Why would you ever be anything else? Right. They're not looking for what else are you? They're not thinking that the guy next to them on the subway might be Superman because he's not dressed like Superman. If I were Superman, I would be Superman every second of every day. So they just aren't looking And therefore, anybody can sort of resemble him, you know, um, and that's how he gets away with it. That and the, you know, the physical uh, posture changes and his personality changes and so on. But if you're not looking for something, then it's not going to jump out at you. Um, But I, I will tell you that I also have the inverse experience of when I'm not in my super suit, when I change at the at the end of a day, just back into my normal clothes, I can walk right past all those same people and they don't know it's me. And I'm not wearing glasses or, you know, um, but it's just they're not looking. And it's a bit of a relief because at the end of a convention, um, I love them and I've accepted that a lot of it is walk five feet, post for photos, walk five feet post for photos and then when i'm when i'm back in 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 my uh mild mannered clothes i can go anywhere i can do anything i can i can have this freedom and i say that only because when a writer gets Clark Kent, not write and they show how much he treasures that how much he treasures that he can have a date with lois or that that real life that he grew up with as a kid on a farm that he hasn't had to lose that. Um, it's not just a literary device. I'm telling you, it, it's it's a it's um, a lightness and a freedom where uh, I, I look around at hundreds of people and I think I could do anything.
0: <laughs> so, you no, know, absolutely. That's why it 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 and broke my heart and it drove me nuts in the comics a few years ago when when Clark revealed his identity to the world and. Thankfully, that genie has been put back in the bottle because I feel like you just mm-hmm. you, you know, from a storytelling perspective, yes, it opens up some new avenues, but I feel like you're losing more than you're gaining. And just as someone who loves this character right, and wants the, wants the best for him, it, it just it, like it was a, it was a decision that it was like I could not. I could not understand or or get on board with for that reason. And especially having just reread all-star Superman when he, when he writes his last will and Testament and to Clark Kent, Mm -hmm. right. Who never let me forget what it's like to be an ordinary downtrodden man. It's like, yes, Mm -hmm. on a practical level, level it allows him to not be Superman all the time and engage with the world. But also it's understand like what people are going through, right. In a way that you just can't, if you're just always Superman. So, uh, yeah, it's it's a, a fascinating, and then
1: again, the psychology of
0: it really is is fascinating.
1: Yeah, yeah, I just read uh, Action, you know, thousand fifty, and and really liked the the way that they handled putting that genie back in the bottle, and they made some good points. You know, when uh, when Bruce tells Clark, you know, the effect that it had on Lois was unintended. That she went from being this incredibly powerful force for good to being seen as just the wife of Superman, and even even Clark admits that he didn't really think that all the way through and um i get why they did it because it's an example of if superman is the the paragon of truth how is it that he lives deceiving everyone you know maybe he should live up to uh what he says he's all about and be and be truthful so i understand why they did it but um i think it's a fair statement to say that it didn't work and um I'm glad that it's it's back.
0: So are you? So you're still reading, still collecting. Have you had gaps in your in your super fandom, or
1: have you mostly mostly been consistent all the way through? Um, well, as you can imagine, over the, over the last four years, I've I've gotten uh, as as much Superman source material as I can get. Um, some of which I had as, as a kid, and I've dug back out. So, like, here's my original copy of, of Miracle Monday from 1980, and I have my Son of Krypton from 78. Um, but, uh, I've, I've gotten to where there are some writers who I just trust and I will just go online and say, have you written a Superman story? Purchase, 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 purchase. And, um, so there are some current ones. Um, I think Tom Taylor's amazing. I think Tom King is amazing. Um, so I'm back on the train for, for the storylines for, for some of those. Um, loving what Mike Allred's doing the space age. Um, I know he's not the writer, but I'm, I'm loving that series and uh, I'm filling in some of the gaps that um, I, I guess I'm I'm sure of. Nice, nice no that's uh
0: yeah, there's some good stuff right now. I, mean, I actually finally—I was late to the game on this, but I finally read the Tom Taylor Son of Callel series. We'll be talking mm-hmm. about it in just a couple of weeks, and I uh, loved it. It was terrific. It was, you know, uh, basically what everyone described it to be. And I was just late to it, but I really, really enjoyed it. So yeah, it's, it feels like, you know, it, I, you know, I wasn't so hot on the Benda stuff and, and all of that, but it feels like we're in a good spot. And there's some, there's some energy, there's excitement. We have more. Superman titles and projects than we've had uh, for for a while so it's it's again it feels like there's some energy and some momentum here
1: yeah and and you know I'm loving what they're doing with John and the dynamic that that John and and Clark have as father and son and um, again because I so loved all of the power Kent lessons to Clark any scene where I can see that Clark is, thinking back and pulling Pa forward and teaching John what he knows is right and what he knows is good because you know uh this is what Paul would have said. And you can tell, you can tell the undercurrent of when those moments are. Um and then to see John out there finding his own way and then every now and then you're you're proud for him. You know, in the same way that um before John aged up the the scene where he was in the cave and it was uh Nightwing that went in the cave. Yeah. Not not full Batman suit Bruce, but it was it was Nightwing. And the conversation that he had, this the sympathetic and empathetic conversation he had with a scared young John in that cave. I I was hooked. Um, you know, this this writer has me for a good, good long time. Um because those are those those are those connecting moments of um, we, we, we have to explain to people in the outside world why we love comics sometimes. And, and one of the, the eye-rolling aspects, I guess, is not that, that they're for children, but just that, oh, it's just fighting all the time. Every issue is just, just fighting and fighting and fighting. And, and now we're to a point where that's not true. Many of them are um, conflict resolution stories and growth stories, and uh, acceptance stories. And that's one of the things I really love about the age that, that we live in now and where everyone's taking it and um, um, can't get enough, like filled, fill the world with those and I'll be a happy guy. Same here, this,
0: this whole new pocket of the Superman mythology between the current comics and Superman and Lois of, of Clark as a father, and again, especially loving Smallville and loving the scenes with Pa and Clark. To now see him on the other side of it, and to be going through it in in my own life, and then see, it's like it's it's I love it. I I, I can't get enough of that either. Uh, I I hope it's something that, and I don't know how long we'll have Superman and Lois. And I know the next time there's a new movie, it's gonna be a younger Superman. So, but I I hope this this version of him as a father is something that we get to continue to see because I think it's it's a great way to move the mythology forward and. And again, just thematically, like it brings so much full circle. It's, it's, it's been
1: such a delight over these past few years. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, I, I think it all comes down to um, even, even Lex said it in this last issue of the world needs Superman and Lex said it begrudgingly. And he had his own, you know, uh, ultimate evil reveal that that speech was leading up to, but, when, when even Lex admits it, then, um, that's pretty powerful. And I'm, I'm glad that this new direction in the comics is happening. Um, I am excited to see what James Gunn's going to do just based on his statement that, you know, Clark Kent is going to, uh, or Superman will, will be kindness in a world that thinks that that's not, you know, what fits in. Um, but, I think it's because I've seen at a, at a hospital level um, what, what it can mean. Um, there was a time where we went to visit the same little girl that I told you the story about, about being in the, the street with her friends. Um, the reason we were at her house the first time was for a relative of hers um, who had special needs, and uh, his favorite character was Superman. And so it was the very first time that, that we had gone there. But we also knew that there was this little girl. And um, I am the, the sibling uh, of a child who uh, had a lot of medical issues. So my little sister when I was growing up. So I remember what it was like to be the sibling where, of course, it's you know your sister who needs all the attention. But that doesn't mean you, you completely understand it. And it doesn't mean you don't still need some attention yourself. So I have a big place in my heart for the siblings of the the kids that are going through these medical uh, challenges. And so, so we went there, and um, she just had the best time with Wonder Woman. So while Superman was was you know there to visit the child, she just had this best time with with Wonder Woman, um, and I want to say it was. Two days later, we got a message that that little girl had suddenly had her appendix burst, and it was a shock to everyone. And she was in the hospital, and she asked if Wonder Woman could come see her—not Superman, but Wonder Woman, who she had made friends with. And so um, I came anyway, and we were told before we got there that she wasn't eating, um, had no interest in eating, um, and then. We spent some time with her. And when we left about four hours later, we got a text uh, from her grandfather that showed us a picture and she had nothing but uh, goldfish crackers all spread out in front of her on the little tray in her bed. And that she had said, I want to be strong like wonder woman and had asked for something to eat. And, um, those are those unpredictable, intangible things that happen that you have no idea of, of the effect. You just know that you were sincere, you were genuine, and you, you wanted to be there. Um, you know, one of the, the great moments I loved on one of the episodes that I listened to you uh, was when you were talking about parenthood and how one of the biggest lessons that you learned was to just be there. Yeah, and I listened to that episode. I was in Detroit, about to go to the to the Reeve reunion, when I heard that episode, um, and how much the the lessons of fatherhood from the Smallville show affected you. Um, but that the thing that really matters to a child is is that their dad was there. He was just there. Didn't have to have all the answers. And so that um, that always surprises me when I think, well. I know that's what we can do. We can be there, and we can we can for that time make them the most important thing in the entire universe. And the effect that that has later is totally loving and surprising. Um, we've we've had doctors tell us that we can achieve things that parents can't, doctors can't, nurses can't. Like there's just something about wearing the cape that um can make someone see the world differently and um i know it's a cliche that that the symbol means hope um but i've seen it it does and i in 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 some of my backstory getting myself you know mentally in the right place to to come do these things and and much in line with the all-star superman scene of the girl on the on the ledge of the building and such. I have come to define Superman being called the man of tomorrow in the way that if you can make it to tomorrow, there's hope.
0: I love that. I love that. I think that's a beautiful way to put it. And, you know, as you're talking about getting yourself in the, in the mindset you know, that's something that I was thinking about, you know, knowing what, what you do with all these visits. And, and I don't even know how to ask this, but it's just, I I mean, it must be so, must be beyond heartbreaking to see anyone, but especially children in the, the circumstances, right? Whether it's, it's, it's illness or, or whatever other adverse situation that they're dealing with. And I mean, I, I would imagine that must take an emotional toll. Yet at the same time, you know the positive impact that you're having. And so I'm sure that you know, that, that, that goes such a long way. But, um, again, I don't even know that there's a question there, just that I, I'm, you know, it's, you know, we're talking about yeah, how you build a costume or how you get in shape, how you, you know, sort of get in character. But, you know, there's also this whole other piece of, you know, again, like preparing yourself for, right. To be, mm-hmm. to be what they need in that moment.
1: Um, well, I think the last thing you said, hit on it. it's, it's to be what they need. Um, but, and, and please don't feel bad that you ask the question because it's a natural question to ask. And um, I can tell you two things. One, we have lost some kids. And I have spoken at some funerals and I have uh, even written some of the eulogies. Um, the the story I told you before about the little girl and uh, the, the boy that we were there to see um, was buried with my superman cape draped over his casket but that never ever occurred to me as a reason to stop and i I want to explain that because i'm i'm not trying to put myself as as better than than anyone at dealing with with these situations the reason that I feel that way is because my sister who I mentioned um was 2 years younger than I was and so she was about 1 year old when she was diagnosed with childhood leukemia. So I was 3, she was 1. Um it's the reason that we moved from Panama to the United States was to find doctors. So from that age we had this um, hope in the house that if we can do the right things, find the right doctors, um, that everything will be okay. And in the meantime, she was having uh, radiation treatment. She was having bone marrow transplants. She was having chemotherapy. Um, she gained some weight. Her hair, her hair came out, so she likes to wear fuzzy hats. But again, I'm three, I'm three and a half, I'm four. I'm aware of what's happening, but not fully aware. All I know is that sometimes she's at the hospital and I'm not allowed to go see her, but then sometimes she comes home. And when she's home, I'm just so happy that all I want to do is play. And she's so happy not to be at the hospital anymore. All she wants to do is play. So... Anything she wants to do, we will do. If she wants to play cowboys, then we will both put on our our little childhood cowboy hats. I'll get my, my Davy Crockett coonskin hat and our little plastic guns. And we will play cowboy and she can be on her rocking horse. If we, if she wants to be king and queen, we'll get our Burger King paper crowns and we will be king and queen. So. It became normal to me to be whatever the game said you were supposed to be for her. And it never occurred to me that uh, what I'm doing now is any different. I am being what the escape needs to be for that child. And if that means big red boots and a and a long red cape, then I don't feel weird about it. And in the end, uh she lost her battle when she was two and a half. And uh I I think there's a part of me that would like to think she's proud of what I'm doing now that we're still playing games. So that the kid can forget for a little bit, um, and uh, when we make friends with a child, now I'm I'm trying not to have that defensive, protect my emotions part up, because I imagine that there are other family members who are sort of doing that. They're bracing themselves, and the kid doesn't need that from Superman too. So part of my getting in the right mind frame is, is to remind myself that I would not trade one single game that I played with my sister for anything because I was naive enough not to know that this might be our last game. That might be our last game. So we fully lived each time. So I try to remind myself of that, and I'll go into the room thinking, "We're just going to make this, this is the best time. Nothing else matters. Nothing else exists except what we're going to enjoy. And if it means me being silly and making funny faces, if that's what the kid responds to, then I'll do it. It's whatever. It's whatever that moment um, reveals itself to need. And and you can feel when you, you like, you know, what's best when you're there. Um, going back to to what we were saying, like, if you're there, you can feel it. And, and later, if, if against everyone's best efforts, we lose that child, um, I feel awful, but I don't feel bad that we spent that time the way that we did. And so I'm, I'm ready to do the next one if I'm asked. Uh,
0: I'm very sorry about your sister and I appreciate you sharing all of that and and how it's informed your approach. And it's, I find it very moving. I would imagine people listening to this or watching will as well. And, uh, you know, I've said versions of this throughout our whole episode here, but what, you know, what, what, what you're able to do, what you're able to provide is, again, when we, when we talk about this character and the ideals and what he stands for, I mean, look, I end every show by saying it's about what you do. It's about action. And, you know, you're, you're doing that. And, you know, I've, I've just from the photos that I've seen, right. And, and just sort of the, you know, the, the, the smiles and the reactions that you're getting and that experience that you're able to provide uh, for someone in impossible circumstances is, is, is very inspirational. Um, So, you know, from one Superman fan to another, it's like, you know, thank you for, for what you're doing. It's, it's, um, like I said, you know, and there's nothing wrong with just being a cosplayer, but, you know, as I learned more about you and, and got more of a sense of, of what it is you do, I I knew this conversation was going to go in a different direction. And, uh, you know, as fascinating as it is to, you know, learn about how you put the costume together. Like, I love, I love that piece of it, but this is, this speaks to something, um, that really gets at the core of what all of this is about. So uh, and i i mean i can't thank you enough for everything that you've shared is is there any aspect of your superman fan journey the cosplay journey the work that you do that we haven't talked about that you wanted to um
1: i <laughs> i i love that i have met some of the best people that i would never have met had i not told myself and given myself permission to try living up to an ideal because i think there's there's a part of me and again i have to be honest with myself there's a part of me that thinks if i can't do it perfectly maybe i shouldn't do it so there were definitely moments where i thought this is a heck of a thing to swing for to be <laughs> to be superman um without a padded suit without anything, like to just and I I would say like going back to your question of is is it rough to, to talk to these kids and, and the families because the families are hurting too. I I very well remember my mom and dad going through uh, that time. And the thing that I'll say though is when I'm asked, isn't it hard for you to be around sad children my answer is i don't know i've never met one because when i walk into the room they are not sad and the families are uplifted to see a smile on on that child's face and they'll tell me often later that that's the first one they've seen in weeks and there was a time where uh, where I was told uh, a boy who uh, beat beat the cancer, um, and in the the rules of the Make a Wish Foundation, you still get your trip to Disneyland even if you beat the cancer, which is fantastic. And we work with Make a Wish. I love I love everything about them. And uh, his parents told me he went to Disneyland. He talked about it for about four days. He met Superman. He talked about it for a month, and. That's the part that I think rejuvenates me is that I am providing that for their family too, to be able to see that spark in their child again and to see them smile again and to see them say, I want to eat or um, I'm actually not scared about my operation tomorrow or whatever it is that that visit may have, have helped with. Um, that passing along of the, of the strength, maybe, um, or the treating them with that you-can-do-it um, part of every hero's story. Every hero has the moment where it, you really think you can't do it, but somehow you dig in and you find that you can. Um, one of my favorite single Superman comic panels of all time is when he looks back over his right shoulder and says, it's going to be okay. I've, I've got that printed out and cut out and, and it's on my wall. I just, I love everything that that, because that's how I feel. Um, there's like, I look at that panel and I think if, if he told me that I would believe it, I would absolutely believe it with that sincerity. Um, and if that's something that I can, that I can do, then, then great. Um, but what I'm getting at is, Those families are some of the best people that I have ever met. And through virtue of, I guess they're strong because they have to be, or they pull together because they have to. But um, you want to talk about some positive, loving, strong people. um, Meet the families of, of kids who are going through something. And part of my answer when people say, isn't it rough on you when, you when you go to these visits? I say, no, because beyond the fact that it gives you perspective to be grateful about, about your own life, it's that when you see everything that these families are and all the goodness, it's like a, a seesaw where they're this huge boulder of, of goodness. You know That you spend all of your time around good people, just family after family after family, kid after kid after kid, who have these huge hearts. And then something in life happens. You you wreck your car, you you know get sick, you need foundation repair in your house, whatever. That's like a pebble on the other side of the seesaw, and it doesn't even move it. And I found that. Those things in life that just happen, they happen to everybody. Because I, I spend so much time with these families, it totally puts into perspective these other naturally occurring things in life that are easily navigatable. And um, that, I think, would, would be one thing that um, I would never have predicted but my life is so much better for it. That's that's beautiful. It's it's beautiful, and
0: you know when you talk about you know going in like without the padding and the suit, right? And and you know not especially at the outset and, and not knowing what what it was going to be like. You know, I, I think, um, again, kind of bringing us full circle and talking about the the versions of Superman on screen in particular that resonated the most with you. You know, I've I've had ex- a similar experience watching both of them, and especially more recently George Reeves, and it's like, yeah, from a from a costume perspective, relatively simple, right? Like, but it's just the presence, right? That innate goodness that emanates from them, and yeah, I've used this example on the show, and I don't always mean to beat up on poor Kirk Allen in the movie serials, but you know, I, I watch those movie serials, and I just never could shake the feeling like, oh, that's a guy in a costume. But when I watch George Reeves, it's like, no, that's Superman. Like, there was just something that's, that's there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it sounds like that's something that you've been able to tap into in, in what you do. I do have, I, I'll let you go. Cause we're just about to hit the two hour mark. Although we talked about this ahead of time, those will probably be two hours, but I, I am curious um, wh- where do you, I mean, I don't know if you have any sense of this, but like where does it seem like kids know Superman from in, in your experience? And, and this, you know like i have a long history with my local comic shop and comic book stores across the country and and you know this question always comes up about the ongoing viability of i mean the characters generally but especially the 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 medium of comics and this and that and how people are meeting these characters so i'm just curious like where where if if you have a sense where do they tend to know superman from or is are there instances where this is the first time they're meeting superman but the costume and the presence is is such that they're just like instantly
1: hooked Um, lately it's, they've seen the Henry Cavill movies. Okay. Um, or their bedrooms are just decked out with Superman things and they're wearing Superman shirts. And so those can vary what era and what art style they, um, are consist of. So, um, it's, it almost never happens that a child knows who Chris Reeve is or references that version, but, I just think the uh, the red and blue is is still just Superman, and um, they they know they know what they know. They know Superman is good. They know Superman is a friend. Um, the the instant response that I get from being Superman, I could only equate to being Santa Claus of a child 100% down to their core just running up saying, you're good, I want to hug you, I want to tell you everything, I want to share all of my experiences and all of my thoughts because you're Superman, and I know that I have nothing to be afraid of right now. And that I have noticed that regardless of the entry point of why a child knows Superman, that is – is almost always the, the result. It's just it just stands for feeling that safe that you can do that.
0: It's fascinating to hear that because right it's not just that because look from a, just the iconography, the, the symbol is is mm-hmm. known globally right. So it's one thing oh that they recognize the, the symbol or the costume, but to actually have some sort of sense of what this means, you know who, who this person is. Uh, is that's really, really powerful daniel I, I can't thank you enough for sharing your your journey with us here this this really was was a pleasure I, I i know this won't be the last time that we speak. I hope we can continue to to chat uh in in the future and we'll definitely get you on the george reef show at some point as well i think we we'd have a great conversation there too but Certainly, I encourage everyone to follow you on Instagram at wearing the cape. But is, is there anything else you want to share with people anywhere you might want to direct them or information you want to share about about heroic uh, inner kids
1: or anything else? Um, yeah, let me, let me say two things. One, um, anyone can wear the cape. You know, it's it's just a matter of do you do you feel like um, there's something that you are passionate enough about? To go out and do it, then then that's your cape. And so, I would encourage you to find something that makes you feel that way. Um, it does not have to be the type of charity that that we do, but certainly there's something in your life that you that you feel like that's your cape that you can go do. Um, and and I could tell you that uh, every step along the way is worth it. Um, if you want to sort of help us in in what we do, the the charity website is heroicinnerkids, plural, dot org, and um, we take volunteers of all types, in costume and not in costume. Uh, many of our volunteers um, drive to give the gifts. Um, uh, we have we have done many things, including we went to Evolve Day. Um, to visit some of the kids after the shooting that was down there. Um, But it's a good organization. Uh, I'm currently the president of it. And if you have any questions, I'll be, I'll be happy to, to answer. So message away on Instagram. Um, But yeah, I think, I think find a way, find a way to find your place in the world where, where you can feel like that's your cape and uh, you won't regret it.
0: Well said. I, this really, this was a special episode. I, and again, I thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story. And uh, I would imagine the audience echoes that as well. So really, thank you so much for for being part of this. And thank you for reaching out. Oh,
1: <laughs> Thank you. I, I really have been a fan of your show. Um, and I, I wasn't kidding. It was an honor to be asked to be on it. And I, I look forward to more chances to talk
0: likewise likewise this really this was an honor for me so thank you uh so thank you daniel thank you audience as always i always appreciate you tuning in make sure you come back next week next week you know in this episode we we, we reference superman and lois a bunch our next episode next week we'll be talking about season two of the television series so make sure you come back for that as always it's about what you do it's about action this show is part of the flat squirrel podcast network home to digging for kryptonite another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman, Summoning the Zords, and My Comic Shop History, available wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review today. Sign up at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato for additional content. Thank you all.